and why i'm passionate about that is again you know it comes from the, that those two things courage and instinct being able to take a stand for your message is you know the idea behind courage hello and welcome to brilliant misfits talks with women who are the renegades the creatives the entrepreneurs the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Brilliant Misfits. Thank you so much for being here today. I really totally appreciate you tuning in and listening. And I have another incredible, brilliant misfit who is going to treat us with her inspiring story today. So if you enjoy listening to these episodes, I'd really love if you'd give Brilliant Misfits a review. And I just want to remind you also that you can join the Facebook group Brilliant Misfits. It's free and it's a wonderful place to connect with other like-hearted women for support, inspiration, sharing in a sacred private group space. And at www.asiakennedy.com, you'll find more information and other offerings for living a mindful, creative life. So my guest today, I'm very, very excited. I can hardly contain myself. I have a very special guest. Her name is Swapna Thomas. She's a business mentor to women entrepreneurs who are ready to own their zone of genius. I love that, own their zone of genius. And she helps them to stand out from the crowd stand up for their message, and craft an unmissable online presence through the power of content. So (laughs) welcome, Swapna. Thank you for being here. Hi, Aisha. You have no idea how happy I am today (laughs) to be talking to you. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much. So um, that word intrigues me, that power of content. I'm going, ooh, what is that? But before we jump into that... I wanted to just ask you a little bit about you and your life, because as we know, as um, business entrepreneurs, that Mm -hmm. who we are and our business is really one and the same thing. Yeah. So I just want you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them where you're from, where you're calling in from, and a little bit about your background. Yeah. Uh, So I think I'll start with my name because um, uh, a lot of people might be going, what does that name mean? (laughs) (laughs) So my name is Swapna, which uh, is a Sanskrit word uh, and it means dream in Sanskrit. And uh, why I have a name which has a meaning in Sanskrit is because I live in India. And uh, Indians have uh, meanings for all their names. So (laughs) that is why um, uh, I feel I have been a dreamer all my life because I was literally named Dream by my parents. So (laughs) So you had to have a dream with a name like that, didn't you? You would have to have a dream. Yeah, but it was inevitable, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in fact, I used to get taunted a lot uh, when I was a kid because uh, I used to be in my own world most of the time. I'm an introvert, INFJ here 
holler <laughs> if you're an INFJ. <laughs> so um, uh, I used to daydream a lot and I used to be in my own world. I had my imaginary friends uh, and um, my parents used to say, oh my God, why did we name her Swapna? Because that's all she does all the time. <laughs> she keeps dreaming <laughs> even when she's awake. So <laughs> yeah, I took on my name quite literally and... Um, um, what, would you, in, what would you be dreaming about? I'm just going to interrupt that for a moment. <laughs> like, what were some of your dreams as a little girl? Oh, my God. I um, I used to have uh, so many fantasies about who I would be. So I would be a princess one day, uh, a maid another day, uh, <laughs> a computer scientist another day, and then a warrior princess the next day. So the dreams and my, you know, my bedroom would become my, um, you know, battlefield or my castle or whatever the dream was about. I would just completely take my ambience along with me on my dream. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I uh, luckily I had a younger brother who was five years younger to me. So he was, um, uh, he had no choice but to participate in my dreams. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a pretty uh, colorful childhood I had. Um, and uh, uh, we were not um, very well to do, but we had a lot of love in our house. Mm. And uh, I think that even though my parents taunted and laughed a bit, but they never really stopped me from, from dreaming. So, and I think that those seeds were uh, sown quite early in the childhood that you can dream and your dreams can come true. Mm. So, um, that's that's been really interesting to see that how that the power of dreaming has uh, played into my life. Yes, and... You know, I I talk to a lot of women who, when they're young, they sort of grew up in an environment, um, not necessarily their home life, it might be in school or whatever, where all of a sudden they sort of felt like they didn't fit in to um, what was presented to them or how they would be in the world. And um, so I'm wondering if you had a similar experience as as that. Mm. Um, Yes, but uh, I think in a very different way because I was uh, actually a model student. I was a A plus student all through my student uh, life. Uh, I was teacher's pet and um, uh, really good at studies and even better at um, you know all the extracurricular activities. So I feel I got myself into that box pretty early on <laughs> you know the expectations that I built for myself mm. were really high and then I had no choice but to just uh, keep fulfilling them and uh, there was um, there was this unsaid expectation from me that um, that there was this path which was created for me you know that you do really well in school then you take up science you get, you become like any other good Indian child, you become a doctor or an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And um, I, because I I was really good at studies and I, you know, I I didn't have any excuses to give. Like, you know, I couldn't say that I was bad at studies. So Mm -hmm. I just kept on going on that path. And even though literature was where my heart was, I loved English. I still do. Mm. I didn't have the... um, the courage and uh, also the, you know, um, the instinct to say that, no, that's not where I want to go. 
this is where I want to be. And uh, I think uh, I, I, I was by not being a misfit, mm-hmm. I became a misfit mm-hmm. because so- I was trying to fit in into the you know the paradigm that I had created for myself um, and uh, when you create that paradigm for yourself as a child you don't really know what you're walking into right yeah and later on then when you do realize that uh, this is not who I want to be then sometimes the expectations that your parents have the society has it just um, keeps you pushing in that direction more and more mm. and you touched on two things that I want to just highlight, which is courage and instinct, which I think are two really, really important things for women who are on an entrepreneurial path or even artists or any creatives, that it takes a lot of courage and we have to really move from our own instincts or intuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think courage is, um, it's not, you know, something that is built within you, like, it's not a genetic thing that you just have. Mm. It's something that um, you build upon years after years, you know. Uh, there comes that tipping point when you know that not living the life that you really want is not an option anymore. And that's when your courage just comes forth. Mm. Like, you know, it literally bursts out of you. And it's always there. It's dormant or you have been downplaying it. But uh, there comes a point when it just becomes, you know, it's now or never. Yeah. And that when that's when courage really manifests itself. And uh, intuition, again, you know, instinct. Um, I think we, again, we downplay it too much in our life. Like, even when we are taking decisions about our, um, you know, which job to take mm-hmm. or which education stream to take, we know in our hearts what is right for us, but we let... Um, other people's expectations or uh, the society's norms or even what we think our uh, brain is telling us to rule over what we really know is the right path for us. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. And I think for women especially, I think a lot of times um, we do have a lot of resilience. I mean, everyone does, men and women. We have Mm. a lot of resilience inside, but we don't even know it's there until we're tested in some way in life. And then Mm. all of a sudden we we can, if we choose to, we can rise up and, you know, summon our courage to go forward because the choice is really if we don't do that, then we usually end up in a very sort of, well, for me, I know I would end up very unhappy if I didn't, you know, take courage and and keep going forward into the unknown. It's scary sometimes, but it's, you know, going the other way is not really an option. Mm, Yeah. Eventually, you know, it's the path with uh, risk and adventure becomes more uh, attractive to you than this path, which is safe and Mm. boring. Yeah. And so when you, you know, because part of your um, work is helping women own their zone of genius, does this, is this part of that process of owning your your zone of genius? Or can you just describe briefly what that looks like? So our listeners um, know, you know, what your work is about and how that fits into your name and to the courage and instinct, (laughs) owning your zone of genius. Yeah. 
Uh, so this, you know, the zone of genius is a term that um, I got from reading the book, uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Mm-hmm. I feel it's um, the Bible for uh, self-development. Um, it's a book that I have on my nightstand all the time. And mm. I just like open it randomly on any page. And I feel like I get the message that needs to be delivered to me for that day. Uh, it's a book I just keep reading and reading and uh, it's um, uh, completely, you know, uh, riddled with notes and uh, its pages are dog-eared, but I don't care. I still love it. <laughs> um, and that in this book, Gay Hendricks talks about being in your zone of genius where everything becomes effortless. Mm. Right. That's what uh, being in your zone of genius really means, that uh, you are playing to your strengths and... Uh, Everything that you want to do in your life then becomes really effortless. You know, things that even take hours feel like they have just taken seconds because you enjoy your work so much that time becomes irrelevant. Effort becomes irrelevant. So my passion is to help women to completely own their zone of genius. And uh, because I help, uh, you know, work with the women who are mostly in online businesses, Mm -hmm. I feel the best way to do that is through content. Because, um, you know, content is something that helps you stand up for your message. Mm. And why I'm passionate about that is, again, you know, it comes from those two things, courage and instinct. Uh, Being able to take a stand for your message is, you know, the idea behind courage. A lot of women entrepreneurs, when I'm talking to them, they're really passionate about something in their business, right? Mm. They stand up, they they stand for something, but then they are not able to communicate that to their audience with the same passion, with the same vigor, and with the same courage. Mm. So, uh, why is that? I wonder. Oh, I think it's about fear of um, rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, fear of um, um, visibility as well. Right. Like, will I mm. be targeted for uh, standing up for this message? Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I so, mean, I have talked to other women, and um, you know that visibility thing seems to play up. And I don't know if it's um, something from you know lifetimes or whatever, where when we step into our power as women, sometimes we're really. Um, you know, crucified in some way or made to feel yeah. something that is not pleasant. So it's a, it does take a lot of courage to step into that. Mm. And uh, I think it plays, uh, plays out in this way, especially for women, mm. because uh, it, it has history has shown us that women have been targeted every time they have stood out for something. Uh, even today, you know, when uh, we are see, looking at a, a women politician uh, looking to become the first president of uh, United States, the way she is being targeted is very different from the way her male counterparts are being targeted. Mm. So, so I think it's um, it all just adds up to women feeling really scared to own up to their message or what they stand for. Yeah. I so agree. when I work with uh, women, uh, it's too. You know, I think there are two parts to my work. The first part is obviously the strategy, uh, which is, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. understanding your market, how to uh, tailor your content and all the logical parts of it. But there is also this really right brain stuff where mindset comes into place, where you uh, own up to who you really are. You become authentic 
And uh, if you're loud, if you're, um, you know, uh, obnoxious, you own up to that. <laughs> if you are <laughs> mellow, if you are really, you know, soft and soothing, uh, be that. That's okay as well, right? Yeah. But don't shy away from who you are because you think someone will not like it. Right. So, so it's really about being true to you. And in that exactly. being true to you, then you can be brilliant. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the only way to be brilliant, right? Yes. When you are absolutely. shining with your own uh, authenticity yeah. and your truth, I think you become like that North Star that everybody looks towards mm. to find their direction. Mm. So how, how do you work with people, Swapna? Um, there are many different ways I work with people, but uh, mostly I work with them to... Uh, prepare their content uh, plan mm -hmm. so it could be monthly quarterly uh, or uh, it could be for uh, something specific that they're working towards so maybe they are launching something and I believe that if you're launching something you should have a content plan around that so uh, that's that's one way of working with me and I also help people get really clear about their messaging uh, in terms of uh, who their target market is, what is their message really, and uh, what is the transformation that they're creating for their market. So fascinating. So, I, I love that, that you're helping online women because it's so mushrooming. The online world is really mushrooming for women. And um, how did you come into that? How did you, have you always been interested in doing things online or did that, how did that happen for you? Hmm. <laughs> That's a long, long story. <laughs> but um, uh, to sum it up, uh, you know, like I told you, I was a, the good girl in school and mm. uh, college. I did um, science as I, I was expected. But somewhere I think I was a late bloomer when it comes to rebellion, rebel, being a rebel. Yeah. And um, I eventually started rebelling after college. <laughs> and... Uh, um, I decided that I didn't want to do any kind of postgraduate or, you know, PhD in science anymore because I was done with that. And I couldn't if, you know, if I didn't have to look at a capacitor uh, again in my life, I was really happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I instead chose to do an MBA, which again, I feel that was not the right direction for me because I, I was not you know, the management type at all. But uh, that was the extent of my uh, rebelliousness at that time. You know, I could do the next safe option that was to do an MBA because at least my parents wouldn't really disapprove of that uh, <laughs> instead of <laughs> just completely breaking out and doing something, uh, you know, uh, mm. that was completely random, right? Mm. So I chose to, again, go into a little bit of uh, uh, unknown, but again, quite safe in retrospect, um, and did my MBA in marketing and uh, then went on to do a corporate job for the next six years. Um, but I did a bit of um, a big rebelliousness during this time, which was to marry my husband. Oh, and why, why <laughs> and, was that rebellious? Is that... Yes, uh, because in India, uh, the concept of arranged marriage is still prevalent. Mm. Uh, that is how um, majority of marriages are done. So your parents choose the uh, life partner for you. And uh, it is mostly, uh, it has to be compatible in terms of uh, religion, uh, in terms of uh, which part of the country you belong to. Mm. Uh, then comes caste. 
then comes language, then comes culture. <laughs> Wow, it is and so different. Socioeconomic wow. status. So there are like a uh, hundred zillion things. And to top it all, astrology. So your horoscopes need to match as well. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I sort of do believe in the astrology bit, I have to say, because um, my husband, mm-hmm. he's not Indian, but he, he is an astrologer and it's remarkable. So it probably really does help for that but it's such um it's such a different culture having you know I can't imagine not being able to choose my husband but I have a sense that you did I did <laughs> <laughs> I did and uh, look I'm you know I won't say I'm completely um, against arranged marriages or um, I don't find any kind of merit because in our culture in India, marriage is not just between two people; it's between two families. Yes. So it's fair that you know they have a say in who you are choosing because they, you know, it becomes then um, um, marriages of two families and two cultures as well. So uh, and it it I think it strengthens the bond as well in some ways yeah so I'm not completely against it but um yeah I mean there are a lot of lot of parts of it that I don't agree to at all so like I said I was the good catholic girl who fell in love with a hindu boy and (laughs) (laughs) all hell broke loose and then um we just decided that we didn't want to antagonize our parents and get married like there was no eloping in our future we didn't um, we didn't want to get married by uh, breaking the hearts of our parents mm. so we do, we chose the next option which was to just you know keep quiet and say that we are not going to marry anyone else so eventually our parents just tired out <laughs> And then they decided that, you know, if they ever were going to have any grandchildren, this was the only way. Oh, that's such a beautiful story, Swapna. I like that. But um, uh, remarkably, once the families got together and uh, they, you know, they just let go of all the preconceived notions, Mm. uh, it was the most beautiful thing ever. Like his family, uh, so my husband is a Hindu and he's a Punjabi. Mm. Um, So he belongs to a different part of India and I'm a South Indian. I'm a Keralite and um, I'm a Catholic. So it's like literally North meets South. (laughs) And uh, so um, once we did get together, our families got together, everyone was so loving. And uh, that's, again, an Indian thing, you know, once you are uh, open, ready to welcome someone, you are 100 percent in it. Mm. So his family completely assimilated me. And uh, so my the same is with my family today. They depend and uh, rely on my husband and they treat him more as a son than probably even my brother and uh, it's the same for his family and eventually we did have uh, three weddings as you know might have heard about it (laughs) we had a a church wedding and we had a proper Hindu wedding and then we had a court marriage as well so yeah well I assume the first two with the religions Catholic and you know think what is the third one (laughs) (laughs) that was the court one just to you know have it make it even more official beautiful story and I I feel that you have that um, wonderful support to be an online entrepreneur and to grow your business It, it seems like you have that support from your family and your husband in particular 
Mm, actually, um, my husband for sure, because, um, you know, even when I couldn't see the potential of what I was doing, mm. he could. Like, he always sensed that there was this, um, you know, I was underplaying myself. Mm. And uh, when I say I married my best friend, it's not an understatement at all, because uh, he really knows me inside out. Mm. So I don't even have to say anything. And he knows what, what's going in my mind. And uh, he always knew that I was just, you know, taking the safe route for everything. And I, I could do, I had the potential to do far more than I was giving myself credit for. And even today, he is like my rock and uh, always, um, and he's an entrepreneur as well, although not in the online industry. So he he has the same uh, wavelength. So when I talk about manifestation or visualization, he, he doesn't zone out. <laughs> he's pretty much there, you know, because mm-hmm. he does the same thing. So it it's really uh, fascinating. And it also um, has now spilled over to our pe- the way we parent our daughter. So uh, she makes vision boards and she talks about manifesting things. And it's really, uh, she does EFT as well. So mm. it's a really beautiful way to see that how our, our family has created its own culture, the way we are uh, bringing up our daughter, the way we communicate with each other. Mm. My parents, uh, they have always been supportive, but uh, they have all also been, you know, because they, they had a lot of struggles when they were... Uh, uh, we were growing up, uh, me and my brother. So they have always wanted safe things for us, you know, things that guarantee an income. Yeah. So I don't hold that against them. But uh, there's this particular incident I remember uh, when I started blogging. You and you might know this, Aisha. I was a mommy blogger before I uh, got into the coaching industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started blogging, I uh, I was hardly making any money at that time. I was just writing and uh, there were um, literally 15 people reading me, including my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) I had these big dreams. So I told uh, one day my father was, uh, you know, talking about uh, why are you wasting your time and all doing all this? You can just, you know, go back to your job. I had quit my job after I had, I had my daughter. So he said, you, your uh, organization will take you back, I'm sure. Like you were the, you know, one of the most valued employees there. They'll take you back. Why are you wasting your time doing all this stuff, which is not going to lead to anything? And I don't know how and why. I just told him, there will be one day, Dad, when I'll be sitting at home and earning in dollars, and uh, dollars, you know, because we, we, our currency, currency is different and dollar is like the uh, most coveted currency. So I just <laughs> said dollars and uh, he started laughing. He was like, oh, this is just one of those Swapna dreams, you know, that <laughs> just keeps dreaming all the time. So but uh, recently I had my first 5K month and uh, I took my family out for a celebration for a party and um, I told them that you know I find this was the first time I've made 5k and uh, so my father was like he accepted that you know you this is what you had said and that's what you are doing today so what a beautiful story and you know I think I think the listeners can probably really relate to that because you know our parents sometimes while they're supportive, they're also fearful and want us to be safe. And they want us to just do the sort of safe jobs. And, 
you know, we want to please them because we love them. And so we get caught up. So I want to touch upon support because not all of us have really supportive husbands who understand. What would you suggest to listeners? Like what what sort of support could they find to, you know, really follow their hearts, follow their dreams and um, step out of the safety um, knowing that they're meant to do something greater than perhaps what they're doing right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, I think there, there is the inner support. Mm-hmm. So create all, you know, everything that you need to create that inner support system. So affirmations, meditation, whatever it takes, journaling, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you can do to uh, <clears throat> help yourself along the way, right? So that you don't become an obstacle in your own way, because that happens a lot. Yes. You know, you're, you're your biggest enemy. Your mindset, your fears will come, will be reflected by others around you. So if you are not sure about your business, your idea, and your own potential, others will start reflecting that. Mm. So f- the first thing is to become, you know, help yourself. Be, be, be your own cheerleader. So once you start doing that, you know, most things will start falling in place. People mm. will stop sniggering. They will stop, uh, you know, asking those uncomfortable questions. And you will start seeing results as well. Yeah. Uh, the second is, and I think this is more important for women, is to ask for help. You know, don't shy away from asking for help from other people. Every time, and, and, and being an introvert, this comes really difficult for me. Like I could be in a lone wolf if I... You know, if I could be all my life, like I without having to depend on anyone else. But I also know that is not the way you grow your in your business or in your life. You have to have that posse around you. Mm. So so start connecting with uh, other women entrepreneurs who are working the same, you know, on the same path as you. And even competitors like I don't believe in competition at all. So every time I see another woman entrepreneur who's doing, you know, amazing work, I will go and connect with her. Mm. I will say, wow, I love what you're doing, you know, and if there's any way I can collaborate with them or even just be around them, Mm. I'll be more than happy to do that. And I've created like in this short period and sitting in India, if I have been able to create that posse uh, with women you know, who are miles away from me in a different continent, to be precise, then anyone can do it, right? If you can do that locally, women around you, women online, it's all it takes is to just ask, Mm. you know, what's the worst that can happen? Someone will say no, no problem. Move along, find another person that you think is the right fit for you. I ask people to be my business buddies. I ask them to be my uh, mentors. I ask people to be my, you know, confidants, my posse. No one has said no to me ever. And uh, if I don't think most people will say no, if you're coming from that place of integrity and you really want to have friends, have your own posse and support other people. Mm, So beautiful, beautiful tips. I love I'm just going to repeat them for the listeners. Um, and I think what they all are is really getting back to the natural way that women have always been with one another. And then mm. somehow that got lost in the sort of paradigm that we've been living in where women became competitive and um and then it sort of went on from there where we couldn't we had to we felt like we had to do it all alone. 
And mm. I think it's really important, the first thing that you mentioned, the inner support, because um, without that, that's where the sort of insecurities come from, where we then, you know, we are sort of competitive, but we're coming from that place of fear. And so I think that's a really important one, the inner support that you give yourself, getting to know yourself, who you are, what you're about, yeah. what makes you light up. Those things will just carry you through. And then asking for help, it's so true, because we have been living in, I would say, a more masculine paradigm where, yeah. um, you know, we just feel like we should do it. We should do it all. Like we, we're supposed mm. to be able to do it all. And mm. um, and connecting with other women and not seeing them as competition is is something that we're getting back to. I believe the true essence of of women who have always shared and have always collaborated and have always supported one another. So it's a very exciting time to see that sort of shift happening again. Yeah, and I think there's a definite um, shift in the paradigm as well, right? Uh, it's becoming more, I won't say feminine, but that balance yeah. is what we are going towards. Like yeah. It doesn't have to be purely masculine. It doesn't have to be uh, purely feminine as well. No, but it's just it's sort of like sometimes the tables get tipped a little bit. And yes, and now we're coming back to just rebalancing that out again. So mm. I want to just mention for women who do feel like they're isolated and perhaps would love to have some support, I know that you have a Facebook group and I also have a Facebook group and I want to just put that out. So um, my Facebook group is Brilliant Misfits, same name as the mm. podcast and yours. Swana. And what a lovely name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, your, and can you tell the listeners um, your Facebook group? as well uh, yeah so i have a facebook group which is called uh, my voice my message because um, that's what um, i'm all about standing up for your message mm. and uh, also standing out from the crowd with your message right mm. because sometimes we can just uh, start following all the other people in our niche mm. and forget who we are that's right we so, don't want to fit in that's the thing yeah. we don't want to fit don't in want we to want to stand in. out <laughs> <laughs> And yes. if and if um, some of the listeners would like to um, be in contact with you, where can they find information about your program, Swapna? Um, uh, my online home is uh, at swapnathomas.com. Uh, you can uh, read my blog. I have a really great tool which is called Content Kit, which is all about uh, tools that you can use to create a better content strategy. And uh, you can find all the information uh, there and ways to work with me as well. Right. And I'll have those links in the show notes for everyone so that you can easily find them. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. So, Swapna, is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Mm, yes. I think uh, the one thing I would like to tell each and every um, woman who is listening to this mess, uh, podcast, or even men for that matter, uh, don't shy away from being a misfit. Being a misfit just means that you're a unicorn. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, you are, uh, you have your own uh, powers, your own potential. And unless you own up to them, Nobody else will see you that way. So first thing is to just own up to being whoever you are, however uh, different that might seem to everyone else, however irregular that might feel to other people. That's who you are and you need to own that. 
Uh, and when you do that, everything else will start falling in place. Oh, I couldn't have said that any better. That is beautiful. <laughs> and I think we'll just end on that note. Thank you so much for being here, Swapna. I really enjoyed the chat today and I hope we can do it again. Oh, I hope so too. It was so much fun talking to Aisha. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Swapna. Thank you. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.